Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine weinbrenner Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Sahara Rose DeVore is a wellness travel coach and founder and CEO of the Travel Coach Network, a global community of travel coaches which are certified through her ICF-accredited Travel Coach Certification Program. Sahara Rose went from a solo backpacker visiting over 84 countries to starting both her travel coaching and the Travel Coaching Network business in 2018. She has been seen in over 100 media outlets, including Travel Weekly, USA Today, Forbes, and Best Company for her ideas and expertise. In our conversation, Sahara Rose and I start with a closer look at travel coaching, what it is, who it's for, and how it can add value to our travel experiences. We talk about wellness travel in the corporate world, the rise of digital nomads and location-independent workforce, and how wellness travel has been changing in recent years. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Sahara Rose DeVore. Welcome to the Soul of Travel podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by Sahara Rose DeVore, who is the founder and CEO of the Travel Coach Network. And I'm really excited to get to bring this topic to the podcast this week. So welcome to the to the conversation. Thank you, Christine. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thank you. Um, well, as we get going, I would love to just turn it over to you for a moment, actually, to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world of travel right now. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I am a wellness travel coach. I just happen to specialize in the wellness side of travel and also founded the Travel Coach Network as I was building my wellness travel coaching business. And I just really love being able to help reshape meaning and purpose around travel experiences. Um, I really encourage and empower and equip companies with the knowledge and the tools to understand how healing travel really is on our mind, body, and souls, and how they can implement that for their employees, whether they are on the road as business travelers, 
or they're in the workplace or now they're hybrid with remote working. Thank you. Well, I would love to talk a little bit more about that. But before we go there, I always love to hear about how travel found you or how travel began to show up in your life. And um, I know that you spent quite a long time traveling solo, traveling as a backpacker, and that really shaped who you are. And um, I would just love to hear a little bit about that if you'd share those experiences. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I was actually, I wasn't from a family that traveled very much. And I grew up as an only child with a single mom. And we, our form of traveling were just long road trips in the family van to Mexico to go visit my my grandmother's side of the family and then up to Canada to visit my grandfather's side of the family. And that was our really our extent of traveling. Um, we didn't talk about uh, destinations and airplanes and stuff like that. So I was not really grasping the concept of how, how big the world is and what else is out there. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my third year of university, I was changing uh, schools and I was also never someone who knew my direct path in life. I, unlike many of my friends and classmates throughout high school and university, they always kind of knew their path. They knew that they wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or a veterinarian or, or whatever it might be. I just never knew what I was passionate enough about to hold as a career that I would want to dedicate time to. And so in university, I changed majors a few times and dabbled in different topics. And then when I was changing universities or going back across the country, I came across a tourism and hospitality program. And I was like, well, travel school, right? Like that was around the time, like I would hear people talking about backpacking trips. So throughout high school, my best friend and I would make a promise, like we're going to go backpacking before we ever go to university. And you know that many people have that dream or we'll take a gap year in between high school and college. And so I had that mentality as well, because I had heard of this thing called backpacking through Europe, but I didn't put too much thought into it. And I was really inspired when I joined this hospitality and tourism program of how many foreign exchange students that were talking about their countries and how easy to go they could go from one country to another and even maybe just for the day and come back home and being in the states we're so far away for we're such a big country and we're far away from other things so i was just in awe of how possible travel could be but then at the same time i remember that i'm a broke college student at the time and i thought which many people think as well is that travel is very expensive and it's only something you have to save up for a really long time and you can only do once or twice a year because it is so expensive and coming from a single mom and being an only child and you know living in a, an expensive city like Chicago I was like I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay for this and I switched my money mindset around at that time and I ended up working a lot and saving a lot and I said I was going to go off and do what I had wanted to do and which was travel. And I did that. I started doing that right after university. I also was struggling with really bad anxiety and also not really sure what direction I want to go in at the age of 22. So I wound up buying a one-way ticket to Ireland. And and I chose Ireland because I was like, well, I'm going to go to Western Europe and I'll start furthest out. So Ireland and then England, and then kind of hop my way to the mainland. And but that was my very first trip I'd ever been 
anywhere by myself, um, especially on a plane by myself. And um, I thought I'd go for a month and a half and wound up falling in love with how travel was really impacting my life and my my well-being. And I got kind of addicted and, and started traveling for the next 10 years and couldn't stop. Um, that's amazing. I feel like that's not a very common where people think they'll go for a few months and end up traveling for 10 years. But I also know that if I had had the opportunity, I could see that I would have definitely, uh, I would have done that. I didn't backpack the first time until probably my mid to late twenties, I guess. And it just, yeah, much like you, like who I was when I traveled and how I felt and the way the world felt, I just was like, I am all in. And there really was a moment I was waiting in a restaurant in Bangkok for my flight. We like stayed up all night with a group of friends that we had met and we had maybe a 6am flight. So I think I had to be there at four in the morning and, you know, coming like two, three in the morning. I'm like, I don't think I'm going back. I don't think I'm going back, but I did. I got on the plane. Um, but it really stayed with me after that. I mean, it was, it really shaped my life. So I, I love that you were able to just to stay in that place and keep exploring and learning about yourself. And, um, I think we would both agree that it's so powerful and healing and transformative. And I think that's why so many people are bitten by the travel bug, if that's what you want to call it, because once, once you feel that, um, it is very like, it's addicting. Like there's something about the way it helps us understand ourselves in the world that we want more of. Yeah. Travel is just so fulfilling. And oftentimes we don't understand or connect with our underlying reasons for why we want to travel. We just go through the process of finding flights and booking a trip and creating itinerary and planning activities. And there's so much more to a travel experience and a travel journey than the cold hard facts of an itinerary and the booking process. And that's what really made me fall in love with like travel coaching as well, because I just knew that travel was such a tool that many people used in our lives for so many different reasons to to heal from a traumatic life event, to celebrate, to connect, to find ourselves, to find purpose, to do business, everything. And when we don't um, really assess what it is, we miss opportunities on how beneficial that experience really can be. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great place to jump into understanding what travel coaching is. I know when I launched my business and I was talking about creating transformational travel experiences for women and that I really wanted people to set intentions, know why they were traveling, know what they wanted out of travel, like envision themselves at the end of the experience and who they wanted to be. And I would talk about it to people and they would say, oh, you're a travel coach. And I hadn't heard the term yet. I'm like, I, I don't know. Do you mean travel agents? And I'm like, no, a travel coach. Um, and that I started to understand what that meant. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I didn't really know this was a thing, but yes, that's what I want to be. That's amazing. So can you share with us what is travel coaching and uh, why someone might seek a travel coach or what they get out of that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love hearing that. That's what you were kind of doing before you even heard it was a thing. And that's 
when I started my wellness travel coaching four years ago, I too never heard of it. I never saw it. I didn't think anything about it. And that's also why so many people were coming to me when I started my travel coaching and it inspired me to create the Travel Coach Network because people were like, well, I think I've been doing Sounds like something I've been, you know, working on for years, but I just didn't know there was a name to it. So, but I also learned that at over the past four years of starting my business, there has been uh, travel coaching in general has just grown tremendously and it continues to do so. But there's also, as anything that grows, there are different versions of it. So I have learned that there are different different definitions out there, even as simple as just someone who travel coaches people to travel as or become travel agents, I think. So you have to kind of do your homework in it, but within the travel coach network and within my world of travel coaching, it's exactly like you were saying that you do helping people set intentions for those trips. When we think of a, why someone would work with a life coach um, or a health coach, coach, they have specific aspirations and outcomes and transformations that they desire. I uh, think of travel the same way. It was always that missing piece that people didn't include in their travel experiences mindfully. And, but yet people understood, you know, travel, I really was transformed on that trip or travel really was so helpful for me. So that's where the travel coaches come in and it helps people fill that gap and say, well, what are the underlying intentions for this trip? What are you looking to get out of it? Um, And it's not the facts of, you know, what kind of activities are you going to do or, you know, what that, where you're going to go or what time your flight is going to be at. It's about, you know, how do you want to, based on what you, this, the motivating factors for this trip are, are also called travel triggers. Um, that can help you best decide where to go, what to do. Do you need to go alone? Do you need to do some soul searching? Um, maybe it is, you know, Many people who are like, I just need to get away. I just went through or I'm going through a terrible divorce or a breakup. Travel has been used as a tool to heal in those ways as well. So if we help set intentions for that, we can better, we can return from a trip with the best intent or changes and outcomes that we're looking for in the first place. And that's where the travel coaches really come in and step up. And every travel coach is so different, just like a life coach or a wellness coach. They specialize in so many different uh, kind of niches or areas, depending on what it is that they care most about. Right. And, you know, I wouldn't be someone mentoring parents who travel because I don't yet have a family and children. That's not my area of specialty. Um, You know, there's so many black women, female travelers who are travel coaches to help other empower other black women travelers. That's obviously not my my niche. So the Travel Coach Network has been there just to help guide and support and inspire and empower travel coaches around the world to be able to figure out like, what is it that you know and love most about travel and who exactly uh, can benefit from that? Yeah. Oh, it's, um, it's so great to hear someone else talking about that process and that journey, because I think it's so important. And um, I really love sitting down with someone and having that first conversation when they really haven't thought about travel in this way and they start to think about it and you see them have that first aha moment about, like you said, a travel trigger. And maybe they didn't even realize that's what they were setting out for. And then you realize that now this is going to be so much more healing because before 
maybe that would have come up during their travel experience and maybe it wouldn't have, but now they really fully are aware of what kind of created that call to travel for them. And they can really start to work through that and they can create experiences, like you said, whether it's traveling solo or with someone who's really supportive or like doing a certain activity that maybe will help them to process through or work through something that, um, that they really want to focus on. So I think that's so amazing to, to just um, really put out there because I really think anyone who's traveling can bring this into their travel experience. And I would think you would probably agree with that. Like any kind of trip. I even had a friend who like just heard about travel coaching and intention setting. And I think she was taking her family to Disney world or something. And, you know, she's like, I was thinking, you know, this is why I want to go. And then this is what I want to get out of it. Like without thinking about it, this is what I thought my goals were. But when I really sat down and thought about it, what I really want was like to see the joy on my kid's face, to be relaxed and calm to just have a great time and let go of like expectations or something. And, you know, they said, because I created that space for the experience, it was so much more magical and rewarding. So this, I think it's really great to talk about this in the context that it doesn't have to be, you know, 10 years of solo backpacking. Like This can happen on every kind of travel experience and even a day trip or a local neighborhood exploration. But what, how have you seen that shift what your travelers get out of their experience? Yeah. And actually, like you mentioned, it's not just for the 10 years of solo backpacking. Um, and I worked a lot in the business travel industry with travel coaching. And that's kind of where I started my wellness travel coaching was in the business travel industry. And even just having uh, business travelers put more intention behind their trips too, and focus on, you know, these different types of wellness experience they could have um, that is going to help lead to increased productivity, increase uh, creativity, innovation levels, and, you know, connect on a more personal level with those they're doing business with. So it really is setting intentions for any type of trip um, because there, there's been decades and decades of research out there on how beneficial travel can be, whether it's on your mental, your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, your social, your intellectual, your professional life, and so much more. Um, so if anyone is in the realm of travel coaching or in the travel industry, just in general, I really encourage people to do that research and find some of these these studies that really show and support your belief in, you know, how powerful travel could be as well. Um, but yeah, just having people set intentions for those trips can really make a life-changing impact in how it is, uh, how the overall experience is. And when we think about, you know, what happens if we don't set intentions for a trip and you might, might've experienced this before, you know, you're, you go on a trip and you're still connected to your work. You are still worrying about the stresses that you tried to escape from. Um, and maybe you brought someone along that you felt guilty for not including. So you did, and it really did put a damper on, uh, and you really just needed some alone time. So making these types of decisions because you didn't set the intentions for the trip and you didn't ask yourself, like, what do I actually need? 
during this experience to feel how I want to feel or make the changes or the transformations in my life upon return? And how can I implement that into my daily life? No longer, I don't believe that people should be in the cycle of they can only take one vacation year and now they have to be so you know, bummed out upon returning that they are going to have to wait so long until next year to go on another trip. And I hear that quite often from people. They're like, oh, I just got back and I'm already itching to go, but, you know, I can't go for, you know, until next year or whatever it might be. So can you imagine if we use a travel experience to help us bring what we experienced during that trip to help Im- implement that into our everyday lives, our personal lives, our family, our home life, our work life. So ma- to make it a little bit more better. So we're not, you know, just looking at the calendar and counting down the days for our next trip. And that's what I mean by having travel as a tool. And that's what I've seen a lot of people do. Um, even the travel coaches in the travel coach network and their clients too. Um, are able to accomplish during setting these intentions and working with um, someone like a travel coach. Yeah. And I love the idea of talking about how you can bring it into your life when you return. Cause I think that's a, a huge part. Like you said, you it's done and you're kind of already thinking about the next experience before we fully integrated the experience mm-hmm. that just happened. And um, that can be so powerful. Um, you mentioned um the intersection of wellness and corporate travel. I would love to talk a little bit more about why that's where you started and why you're so passionate about that. I think that people wouldn't necessarily lean into connecting those two pieces together, but um, why do you think that is so valuable? Yeah, well, I. it's funny that I'm actually in that the corporate space, business travel, corporate wellness, because I knew... myself that was not the route I wanted to take in life. Um, I already knew for myself that I didn't align with what a corporate schedule was going to look like or a corporate job or whatever it might be, despite that's what the industry was telling me I should do upon graduating with my degree in hospitality tourism, whether it was working in a hotel or working you know, as a flight attendant or working for a company that quote unquote paid you to travel for business. And so I knew that wasn't going to be my route, but being in the world of travel and being in the world of um, in the online space of travel, being able to see and hear so many stories of people wanting to quit their corporate job to travel or quitting their corporate job to travel, uh, quitting the nine to five. These became kind of like taglines over the decade before the pandemic hit, and. I had heard of people who were, you know, corporate leaders with six-figure jobs and they left it all to travel. Um, I heard people getting just so burnt out and I dove into that research as well of, you know, corporate burnout and the problems in the industry. And upon that, I came across the information on vacation policies and or the lack thereof and um, many studies on why people were not actually using their vacation days either, in particular in the States. And that also meshed with the business travel industry too and the burnout epidemic that was happening among what they call road warriors, which are just con- very frequent business travelers. And then I reflected back on a time when I was just on a plane going from like Thailand to India or something. 
And I was sitting um, on a flight next to a, a business traveler, a man in a business suit, and we sparked conversation. And here I was with this dirty, smelly backpacker girl coming from Thailand, going to India and for no purpose other than just always wanting to go to India. And um, he was telling me how he traveled for work a lot and he had everything on paper that was what people strive for. You know, he had a family and a home and a great salary and a great title and traveled for business. And he was just really unhappy. He's like, I never get to see what you're talking about seeing. I never get to have these experiences with my family. And I remember that conversation, you know, and that was probably 10 years, eight years um, before I started my, my travel coaching business. But I said, travel doesn't have to be that way. And I was really surprised that it was with travel being something that was valued so much in people's lives, especially so much so that people are willing to leave a six-figure role that they work hard for to just travel the world. And I said, there's a disconnect in the corporate industry of the value of travel and how it is used or the lack there of being used at all. Um, and that's why I started into the cha helping change what's going on when um, when it comes to vacation policies and, um, you know, travel perks or business travel well-being overall. Hey, it's Christine interrupting this episode for just a minute to invite you to join me for my Lotus Sojourns Women's Wilderness and Yoga Retreat in Alaska in March of 2023. We'll be traveling 63 miles north of the Arctic Circle to stay at Arctic Hive, owned by my friend Molly Busby and her husband Sean. This boutique property nestled in the Brooks Range is way off the beaten path and also off-grid. We'll stay in beautiful and cozy cabins built by hand by our hosts. Practice yoga in their yoga dome, lovingly referred to as the Hive, with gorgeous views of surrounding nature. We'll explore the wilderness by snowshoe and dog sled, connect with members of the local community to learn about living in this remote environment, enjoy daily yoga practice and vegan meals, all while keeping our eye out for the beautiful northern lights that like to show off their magic this time of year. I only have six spaces for this unique adventure, and a few are already taken. I'd suggest pausing this episode and hopping over to the Lotus Sojourns website to book yours today. Please share this experience with anyone you know who would love this restorative adventure. Want to learn more? You can listen to my Soul of Travel conversation with Molly Busby. Check out episode 67. Now, let's hop back to our soulful conversation. Um, that's, I feel like I know so many people, like you said, that have had that kind of that dance in their career and trying to decide how they can create balance. And it seems like an all or nothing um, answer. It doesn't seem like there's balance. So I love that you are trying to create that. When you look at working with um, companies and you're talking to them about corporate um, vacation policies, or you are trying to encourage, have them encourage their employees to take vacation time, um, what, how, how does that conversation evolve or what resistance do you find or do, are you finding a lot of um, more encouragement for that happening now? What has been that process? 
Yeah, to be completely honest, it's been a lot of um, educating companies on the value of it. Um, Because we have to remember that the corporate world is still the corporate world and the bottom line is still first. Um, But also many companies are at a clean slate or restarting and getting back on their feet after the past two, two, three years. So it's been interesting conversations um, with, but what we do see is wellness being put to the forefront um, of the corporate industry and within wellness is that value of travel. So I'm starting to see some changes when it comes to pushback. There's not much pushback because Companies are kind of willing to do what I really have to strengthen their wellness and their values that they put um, in their core values for their company um, and their and enhance their company culture. Uh, it's just more of the implementation or the execution of it um, and the follow through as well. So with everything, it takes time, um, but we definitely see some changes in the corporate wellness industry. Right now, it's more so on um, the the acceptance of just wellness. So we see a lot more static things like yoga and meditation or, you know, healthier uh, meal options and not as much travel at the moment because also the travel industry is still getting back on its feet. Um, But there is a lot of hope for the future of it. And especially with once the companies figure out whether what is their business structure actually look like in the workplace with remote working and whether it's going to be back in the office, whether it's going to remain a hybrid or be permanently remote, they're still figuring that out too. But we do see um, a lot of companies embracing just the elements of travel, such as being in nature. So having meetings outdoors, um, like the company Salesforce bought uh, is building a like wellness retreat kind of like in this nature area um, for their employees to work in. So different elements of travel are starting to be implemented. Implemented. So I am really glad to see and hear that. Yeah, it seems like it's really the perfect time to kind of being uh, integrating this. Like you said, so many people have been working remotely. And I know that, you know, many companies have then had to look at how they can um, not only figure out how to bring workforce back, shift to create whatever their new culture will be after the pandemic, but also meet the needs of people that are now considering working remotely, wanting to work for themselves, wanting to be digital nomads, like people that have gotten a taste of that freedom, um, which also kind of involves being able to travel or be more flexible, spend more time in nature. Um, What has that looked like? And how do you encourage companies to kind of compete with that? I know when we talked before, there's a lot to consider around if you have remote workers, like supporting them and understanding language and culture and tech and all the things you need to even survive as a digital nomad. Um, what has that looked like in the in the industry right now? Yeah, well, we see baby steps being made. Um, and so, like I said, it's not so much the vacation policies that are being changed, but there are those elements of travel that are being implemented. Um and it really just looks like it's individual. It's 
every company it has to be assessed differently because every company has a different structure, has a different workforce, and it has a different locations. Um, so it's more of individual projects with that. Uh, but some of the general things that I do recommend companies to take a look at are look at your surrounding environments, take a look at your policies that you already have in place. Um, and how can you also take those elements of travel and use it to help boost what they are looking for most right now, which is to attract and retain valuable talents um, and also to boost engagement between those who are in the workforce and uh, in the workplace and those who are on the road working remotely. That's a big problem in the industry that companies are trying to figure out as well. But when we take a look at why people embrace travel in the first place is the diversity in cultures, the diversity in locations, the ability to feel fill their self voids when it comes to um, being in nature and what that does for people. So whether being in nature means being by bodies of water, being near trees, um, just being in the fresh air, hearing different sounds. Many places don't take into consideration their destination, their location, and how powerful that could be as well. Because the workforce has always been in, you know, a building with four walls and a ceiling. Um, granted, there are windows, but everyone works differently. So being able to provide different options for different types of people is really helpful. It could, everyone deals with something differently and struggles in different ways. So whether it's fam families who just need to spend more time together uh, moms who, you know, are overworked and overstressed. So it's really providing different options. And that's why it's always a great idea for companies to look into hiring travel coaches, because you can assess the different needs of your different types of employees. And that's what employees are looking for, which is to be treated as individuals, because we are, we all have, we all go through something different and we all work and produce in different ways. So in order for employees to be the most productive that they can be and actually achieve those goals that their job requires of them, companies have to treat them as individuals and help them, you know, reach those goals in their own particular way, whether it's centered around their wellness or even just the environment that they work in um, is really important too. Yeah. I love thinking about all the ways that wellness and travel and, um, you know, and work intersect. I think maybe people don't always look at that um, inherently, but I, as you were talking, I was reminded of a job I had probably 20 years ago. So this company was well above the curve, but I remember when I started there, one of the first things they did was bring in um, an ergonomic um, expert to like, look at your workstation and, like assess how you work and help you flow out your workstation to make your work most, um, you know, physically comfortable, but then, you know, to mentally um, comfortable and all these things. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Everybody should do this. And then the other thing they did is they had um, put a bike rack out front, a shower in one of the restrooms. So people could um, ride their bike to and from work and like easily navigate that. And then, we lived really close to uh, a big outdoor market. And so they had a huge refrigerator and encouraged people to go shop the market and bring stuff back and prepare their lunch. And we had a full hour of paid lunch because they really wanted people then to, to eat and nourish themselves. And then also encourage people to go walking because we were in an area where it was easy to go walking. And 
Um, like those are all things that was one of my first jobs. So I also really was like expecting that that's what work looked and felt like, which was definitely not match. Um, <laughs> but you think yeah. about the environment, it happened to be a job in the travel industry. So maybe that's why is that people, you know, we're thinking about what made them feel good. And maybe that's how it got integrated into the culture, but it made such an impact. And I think people there really seemed like they were passionate about their jobs. It really created community and it felt like a good place to be working. Um, But uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, um, as we have talked a little bit about uh, wellness is understanding um, kind of shifting gears, what wellness in travel is and the idea that a lot of times, like you said earlier, people come back from a vacation feeling really either amped to go again, or a lot of times people, and I know I've said this, especially traveling with young children, I need a vacation from my vacation. Like that didn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So this idea of wellness and healing is really um, on a rise. And I think in the past, we've really thought about it in terms of like spa vacations, disconnection. Um, and now I feel like for me, wellness is more like healing and integration. Like it's not this escape, it's this uh, immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about what you think that shift is and what that looks like and how that can ser- serve travelers who are really looking for healing from travel? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love talking about wellness travel. Um, that wellness travel itself is there's so many changes coming within the industry and we're already seeing some of it. Um, when we think about wellness travel in general, the term, it was coined off of, uh, kind of piggybacked off of the spa industry. And that's why a lot of wellness and travel is associated still with luxury spas and wellness retreats and yoga retreats and wellness centers. Um, but when we think of travel, if you ask anyone, anytime that they went on a, a trip and they felt something that in a, in a way that made them feel like better helped improve something of their own, whether mental, physical health, um, it got them excited about life again. They, met the love of their life, whatever it might be, that's all wellness as well. So travel itself is a very powerful tool for healing. So it doesn't need to be segmented into if you want to heal through travel, you must attend a one of these spas or a resort. Um, and that's something that also added with the, to the mentality that if I want this type of transformation or outcome from a trip, I must invest in an experience like that. And I know for me, travel itself was so healing in so many different ways without ever, ever going to a luxury spa or wellness center. Um, and not saying that those are not valuable. Absolutely, they are if that's what people are into. But the whole definition of wellness tourism needs to be redefined and not have the barriers that limit what's possible when it comes to healing through travel. And that looks different for everyone as well. Um, Everyone has a different healing journey and everyone is looking for something that is different out of out of life and out of an experience in general. So I'm already seeing um, 
many hotels being interested in thinking outside of the box when it comes to what kind of wellness services can be provided. Um, and when I talk about wellness, it's more of a holistic approach to wellness and travel. Uh, travel itself is very holistic. Uh, we innately traveled for, you know, years and years um, as just human beings to connect, to discover, to explore, to um, to just survive. And that's what we do sometimes now too. We're like, well, I need to travel. Travel is my fuel for life. And and again, you don't have to be a backpacker for decades to have that same mentality and feeling and love for travel. We all hold it and embrace it in that way in, in our own particular ways. Um, but travel and its healing is just meeting people is healing, you know, connecting, being on this um, something that we haven't really been able to do too much over the past few years, which is socialize and connect and, and share stories. That's a healing element of travel. Um, and of course, like we mentioned many times, the power of just being in nature, there's so many studies out there talking about the powers of blue spaces and green spaces and even um, doctors and physicians in England during, during, during the pandemic were prescribing uh, clients with time in nature, in parks and forests, by bodies of water, um, at to help lower their anxiety and stress. There's a lot of research backed by this stuff too. So we're starting to hear more of travel being used as this tool for healing. But what it takes is the travel industry to step up its game and step up its marketing when it comes to how we sell travel and and how we talk about travel too. Right? It's not just about the hotels we stay at and the flights that we take, the airlines that we use and these all-inclusive resorts anymore. Travel itself is so, has shown to be such so much more meaningful and purposeful in people's lives after it's something that we've been limited from over the past few years. And it's time that companies um, and even just travel professionals you know, think outside the box when it comes to your business or your company and those that you work with, your clients or your consumers or your travelers. Yeah, this really pairs well with the conversation that I had um, talking about why people would get into the industry. And we were, we were talking about, okay, what if instead of, you know, this feeder line, the conversation wasn't something like, oh, I really love travel. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to stay at all the fancy hotels. I'm going to get in the travel industry. What if the conversation was like, I want to help people heal. I want to be engaged in global economics. I want to, um, you know, serve communities. I want to uh, I'm really curious about um, science and research, and I want to do that in in action, in practice. And then that leads you to the travel industry. Like that creates such a different way that travel feels. And I think it becomes this force that you and I see it as, as this holistic connector and healer. And it, it it's so amazing because travel intersects with everything and everyone around the world in a way that I don't think anything else does. And I, I, I kind of always go back to the early explorers and, um, you know, archaeologists and anthropologists and that curiosity and the, the science and the education and then also the soul searching and the mysticism that used to be wrapped up in travel. And I think at some point it became this commodity and it, and it really was 
a lot of that was stripped away from it. And so I think, like you said, how professionals think and feel about travel and then allowing travelers to take that much out of their travel experience, because I also don't think they've been given permission. You know, we're thought like the most we can want out of travel. Like the ideal is this all-inclusive resort where we don't have to lift a finger or do a thing. Like we're really conditioned that that's the end all be all, like the thing you want to achieve. But I think now people are starting to see also this tool for healing and engagement and immersion and culture and connection and almost going back to that early way of thinking about travel. And I'm really excited for those kinds of conversations. I feel like that's where I've lived in travel since I began traveling. But I know as a culture that that's not been the case across the board. Yeah, definitely. I I really like that. I really, because it, I was thinking about myself when I graduated from university and here I had this degree in tourism and hospitality and I was told what, what I could do with it. And, you know, and, and, but none of those sounded interesting to me. And I hear that so often with people, they're like, well, I want to be in the travel space or travel industry of some sort. And here again, are the boxes that they have must be put in, in order to have that. But I love what you're talking about of thinking outside the box and expanding upon you know, when we, if you think of someone who says, I want to help people heal, or I want to help people feel well, well, there too, the industries must, you must be a doctor or a nurse, something in the medical field, maybe a therapist. Um, and, but what about if there's, you know, a way to mesh that together? And that's really what travel does. It opens the idea to a whole new spectrum of careers uh, that mesh travel with whatever whatever it is that someone else is interested in because travel isn't just applied to vacations. It's applied to our lives in so many different ways and the elements of that, um, you know, whether it's in remote work or business travel or um, the corporate wellness space or, you know, taking elements of travel and including it into a, a company or an infrastructure or a lifestyle is there's the possibilities really are endless, but it's really takes people to start thinking uh, differently about travel itself. So I love that. Yeah. And I I was talking with someone else as well as when you define travel and it really being any, any experience that you leave your home for and, or leave your, your place of origin for. And so then your conversations about travel, the way you can work in travel, really open up as well because you know people travel for so many reasons and again it's not just vacations it it can really be the gamut of things it can you know it can be traveling for medical reasons it can be travel for professional it can be for so many ways and then that again opens up like what we can ask out of our travel experiences ask out of our travel careers and the ways that we can engage and so I think I really look forward to a future where travel is like invited to all these different professional areas to see how they do connect and how they can work together. Because I think it's just the, like the lining and the the thing that brings everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, before we end, I would love to talk just a little bit about um, uh, kind of back to the coaching and mindset. And if we are not traveling in a conventional sense, how can we bring some of this, um, some of these elements you mentioned, even in the corporate world, just having a meeting outside as a way or going to a park 
Um, but how can we bring both some of the like the physical elements, but the mental elements into our, our daily practice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when we think about travel, travel is the foundation of people in place. So we have the place there, right? If we're in the, uh, a location in a workplace um, and it's a stagnant place, then taking, a, like I said, advantage of, of, of the surroundings and what's there. But then think about the people um, and the elements of travel and people when it comes to culture and languages um, and really connecting with one another in that way can help boost that um, company culture and give us the elements of, you know, travel without actually stepping foot on a plane and going anywhere. Um, So what that can look like is sharing stories, sharing, having exchanges of of, uh, cuisines, um, just letting people understand and um, appreciate the diversity in the world because we that's one of the main reasons why we travel. And I ask so many people within my network and online, you know, why do they travel? And I always hear them say, I want to experience other cultures. Well, why isn't that? People are from all different cultures in one work establishment. Why is that not being uh, utilized as well, right? Why are we not encouraging people to tell about their story and their background and their family and their traditions and their beliefs? I think that's something that we all need in the world as well to um, to grow compassion and empathy and, and a, a gratitude and appreciation and understanding and acceptance. If we want work environments to be a happy, safe, healthy place, physically and mentally, people have to feel accepted and understood and travel is something that can do that. So opening up those conversations. So that's just another example of a way to incorporate the essence of travel without actually going on a vacation somewhere when it comes to the corporate world. Yeah. Again, this reminds me of another recent conversation. I'm lucky to get to spend time like having great conversations over and over. It's like the thing that makes me happiest, but um, about talking about, and I, and I was thinking about this earlier too, when you were looking at corporate policies and culture and how we integrate wellness is maybe shifting, um, the idea that we are serving people at work and people aren't serving us. And I think we have really historically had, um, employees and, and not really addressed them as individuals. It was just like as this pod and we weren't really looking at what people need as individuals. And um, I think that's going to be a huge shift. And I think as um, as corporations are looking at people who are, are really craving to be location independent, who really want more wellness integrated, who want more family time, like that's where we're going to really break this down and having to be looking at serving the individuals that work for us instead of them serving you know, the, the corporations. And I, I think that travel can really, like you said, and wellness really will play a huge part in what is the evolution if we're so lucky to be able to create that shift in corporate culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, companies are going to have to do something a little bit more creative because the world is only becoming more saturated with technology and, um, which opens opportunities and the internet and social media for people to not have to go back to a company that 
for people to value their time and their well-being, which we're already seeing that now after the past few years. And so there's more ways for people to earn money and sometimes more money online. So if something that companies want is to attract and have their um, people come back or and stay and build their brand um, as they would like, they have to start thinking, you know, what it isn't about what they assume people want. It's asking what do people want and taking a look at the human behavior. And we're seeing that. And that's what we were seeing years ago when people were leaving their nine to five in their corporate job to travel the world, but nothing was really being paid much attention of travel. But um, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for the travel industry and the corporate world in general to be shaken upside down and given a clean slate for all these new ideas um, moving forward. So, yeah. Yeah. So many good conversations. Like I, you wouldn't, I, I think I wouldn't have expected to be talking about all of this in the space of, of, um, travel and speaking with women who are leaders in this industry. But I think this is what we're talking about. And that's, um, why it's so important. And I, I hope that people listening today really see these connections and get excited about possibilities for their own travel experiences, but also like what this could mean, um, from a corporate level. Um, before we end our conversation, I would love for you to share a little bit about um, how people can get involved with the Travel Coach Network if they're curious about either becoming a travel coach themselves or as a business that would like to bring someone in. Um, how would people get involved? Yeah, well, the Travel Coach Network is a place that holds the Travel Coach Certification Program for those to um, learn how they can become a travel coach or enhance their already travel career business with the elements of travel coaching. Um, and that's on the travelcoachnetwork.com. And if a company is interested in, in working with me um, or having access to the travel coaches in the Travel Coach Network, you can contact me through uh, the Travel Coach Network or my wellness travel coaching website, which is Sahara Rose Travels. Um, but then, of course, if you want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, we're at the Travel Coach Network as well. Great. Thank you so much. Um, the last thing that I have is a series of uh, rapid fire, or I really say rapid fire-ish questions uh, to just get to know a little bit more about you as a traveler. And it seems like some something always comes up that's really valuable in, in this question. So the first one is, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Um, pretty much any um, uh, Mark Twain book. He is, those books really just give a foundation of adventure and exploration and really can get your imagination going too. Yeah. Um, what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? Um, I think something that's, oh, let me try to think of something that's a little bit different. Um, I would probably say a picture of my dog. <laughs> I, keep that I don't in think anyone's ever said that. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, I mean, I favorite? can tell you all the obvious things in there. Like, I got right. some pants, I got some shirts. <laughs> You never know. There's some very interesting things that come up and sometimes things that people don't think about as being useful. 
Um, but I love, I love that. I usually have a note from my kids cause they always write me a note when I travel. And so I, I have that, yeah. that tucked in there, which is nice. So sometimes my dog will sneak, um, a dog toy in my bag and I find that too. So <laughs> <Some other dogs. laughs> perfect going through customs or something like that. You're like, uh, I don't really know, but, <laughs> um, what has been your most um, memorable destination you've traveled to? It's always a tough one because I've traveled to over 84 places. Um, I Some place that was super memorable, I would always just say the Philippines. Um, I spent quite some time there after uh, the super typhoon went through. And if you want to talk about a place where you really feel embraced and appreciated and can really feel the joy and the positive energy from people who really didn't have very much to begin with, um, that was a very transformative experience for me, just living on the island and um, spending time with the locals and being in an environment like that, too. So the Philippines. Thank you. Um, where do you still long to visit? Um, I really want to go to let's see. Oh, the Galapagos Islands would be beautiful. I'm a huge animal wildlife person, and especially when it, I'm an Aquarius, so especially anything marine life. So one day. Yeah, um, I am a Pisces traveler. So the water also calls me and the Galapagos has been on my list um, for as long as I can remember as like a place that doesn't even seem real that we can possibly travel to. So um, let's see. Next one is what, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? Uh, green papaya salad. I would always get green papaya salad, um, on the streets in Thailand and they would make it there for you. So sometimes my mom and I will go to a Thai cause I I've taken my mom to Thailand twice too. And we, she loves it as well. Um, so sometimes we go to Thai markets in our hometown and, um, get, and we try to make it in what ourselves too, but it didn't really work out very well. Yeah. I, yeah, that's so heartbreaking when you have those things that you really love when you travel and you try and try to recreate them and there's just no way that it is happening. And it seems <laughs> a little bit sad because it's so good, but then it's always out there for you the next time that you're yeah. able to travel. Um, who is the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Um, honestly, it was, it would just be a mixture of, of people and partially my um, professor in my tourism, that very first tourism class I took and the students in there, that was the first catalyst to really be inspired to go and see the world. Um, and then there's always my mom who will always just support whatever aspirations I had. So a combination of them all would be kind of the catalyst to my um motivation and my determination to go and explore yeah um and the last is if you could take an adventure with one person fictional or real alive or past who would it be um well this is actually going to be kind of like a boring answer but um i'm been i was recently engaged so somewhere with my fiance because we met during right in the beginning of the pandemic we didn't we haven't been able to travel too much together yet so there's places in the world that i just envision showing him and having creating new memories and new experiences with him so 
my parenting. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect answer. So, um, well, Sahara Rose, thank you so much. Um, I really have enjoyed connecting with you, um, preparing for this conversation and loved like all of the things that we were able to talk about during this, uh, the space of this hour. I feel like there were so many things that people will be able to, um, think about that maybe they haven't thought about in the context of travel before. Yeah, definitely. I hope everyone got a little bit of inspiration and encouragement and ideas and insight um, for whether it's your own adventures or um, your your work or whatnot too. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.